When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, folks, Alabama didn't move an inch in the college football playoff rankings, but we ain't going to worry about that because you're locked and loaded. Guns blazing on the hottest show on the streets, the number one form for Bama. Football news in my own words, George Truly, Stephen Smith, touchdown, Alabama Magazine on a Wednesday hump day. Happy to have you all here. Checking us out on today, we bring you the show from the magic city of Birmingham. We stream this to you through YouTube and speaking of the channel, you know what time it is. You tap that subscribe button right now. You hit subscribe. You get locked on to all things Bama. You, you, you share the show also to every platform that you have. You get every friend, family member, diehard Bama fan, casual Bama fan, consumer of Tide football to be locked on as well. Hit that like button. Smash the like button. Run those likes up. Trying to get this 50 likes out the gate to start the show. Daily Super Chat Go, $100. Daily Super Chat Go, 100 bucks right there. We appreciate the support from you guys. Uh, we also want to hear from you guys. Nice up in the phone lines today, 205-448-1358. For number to call in, to let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. One more time, 205-448-1358. Want to hear from you, but... We start things off here, Eli, to open the show. College Football Playoff Committee via ESPN released the second installment of rankings on yesterday, that being Tuesday. And to the, to the disappointment of the Alabama Nation, your Crimson Tide did not move an inch. Despite beating LSU, manhandling LSU, taking down one of the top offenses in college football by the score of 42 to 28. The committee did not move Bama an inch. Bama stays number eight 
in the college football playoff rankings. And I know, and I get it, it's justifiable, the disappointment for a lot of U.S. Bama fans. Even one Greg McElroy, of whom at times, though he played quarterback at Alabama, graduated from the program, 2009 national champion. There are times we wonder, Greg, do you pull for Alabama or not, though he works for ESPN, so he's supposed to be unbiased. That's a throw. Even Greg got upset at the committee. And Greg and GMAC is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why is a one-loss Oregon ahead of a one-loss Bama? There needs to be a debate here. When GMAC is saying there needs to be a debate here, that's how you know a, a debate is needing to happen and ensue. But despite Alabama getting the 42-28 win over LSU, despite the fact that Coach Saban was able to take down Brian Kelly, uh, avenging that loss there from a season ago of a CFP committee still having Bama there at number eight. But I'll say this. There is nothing to be overly concerned about if you're an Alabama fan. First and foremost, Nick Saban is focused on one game at a time. He's focused on one game, one moment, one situation at a time. This week, Alabama takes on Kentucky. You go up to Lexington. You go up to Commonwealth or Kroger Field, I believe, of Commonwealth Stadium. You take on the Cats, Mark Stoops and company. Handle that business there. Continue to win out, play, complete, dominant football, and the chips will fall where they may. Everything will solve itself when you look at the college football playoff rankings. Everything will solve itself. I mean, Eli, you and I were talking about this off of air. This will solve itself. I know people are saying, well, look at where Washington is and Oregon is and can Bama get in there. Washington and Oregon – Still have to play Oregon State. And the Beavers are a good football team. DJ Uyangalele is saying to everybody, I left Clemson. I wasn't the problem at Clemson. DJ's gone to Oregon State and playing ball. And Washington has to go to Corvallis to take on the Beavers. That's going to be a matchup right there. And then Oregon State goes to Oregon. But that's still a matchup right there. And even this week, even though USC suffered a tough loss to the Washington, USC has to play Oregon. So hopefully Caleb Williams can get the better there of Bo Nix in that matchup. You still look at Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, excuse me, they'll cancel themselves out. I understand the ACC is weak as toilet water. So Florida State, they'll, they'll get into the playoff. Now, if Florida State loses a game, then <laughs> best of, of luck there to the Seminoles. But once again, ACC, weakest toilet water. Florida State should get in there. But this will all solve itself out, people. It'll all solve itself. And I know we're all thinking, what about Texas? They're in front of Bama head-to-head. That'll solve itself out, too. Texas has to play TCU. I'm not a Horn Frog fan, but Texas has to play TCU. I mean, there's still the Big 12 championship game as well. So this will all solve itself. The main thing for Bama, win the remainder of your regular season schedule, 
get to the SEC championship game, handle business there, and let the chips fall where they may. But Bama still ranked number eight in the college football playoff committee to the disappointment of a lot of you because we all felt like your manhandle LSU, you should at least move one spot up, but Boo Kerrigan and the rest of the committee just just did not feel that way. But we're going to take our first break here on the show. On Touch That Dow, just getting started here on a Wednesday. Upon our return, we're going to go to you, the Alabama Crimson Tide fans. We want to hear from you. Light us up. Let us know how you feel right after this. Nine players have teamed up and released the Alabama Team Paper, which is a video yearbook they've put out for sale direct to fans. Now, for the first time, small dollar purchases from the fans can support the players as a group as well as a great cause because $1 of every subscription payment is donated to the Boys and Girls Club of America. Be a five-star fan base and support your team and a great cause with Team Paper. Check it out at teampaper.com Alabama. Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion, and ordering is easy. Visit Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from scratch. All right, folks, we're back rocking and rolling to the action from the brag. Number one ticket for your Crimson Tide football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciate all of you guys checking us out here. Continue tapping the like button, hitting that subscribe button, making this your spot here for all things Bama. Before we take your calls here, Got to give a word to our sponsors. This segment brought to you by, sponsored by Underdog Sports. Underdog Fantasy, Underdog Sports here. Great guys right there. We've had the take. we got to take this quick break here to talk about the official fantasy partner of TDA, that being Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is super easy to use. You go on the app, right, and you go pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or a lower stat total than what is listed. You do that with two to five different players and you're in business. If you go five for five, you can 20 times the money. For example, maybe this Sunday, you want to put together an entry with all Alabama alums in the NFL. So let's say this Sunday, you want to put together an entry of Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, Bryce Young, Amari Cooper, all the Baba alums you want to put down, right? So you want to do that. And uh, you're selecting this entry with Tua, Jalen, Bryce. You want them all to go higher or lower than their stat totals. You can do that. And if you hit it, you win the money. We, are, we see a lot of you are downloading Underdog using the promo code and having fun, which we love to see. 
If you haven't done this yet, you check it out because when you sign up, you get your first deposit doubled up to $100 using the code Alabama. You visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with my promo code Alabama to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. Check them out today. We go to the phone lines to get your calls here. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. But I'm going to call in 205-448-1358. You're live on the show. What's happening? How are you feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Hey, Steven. This is Corey from Trustful. How are you doing tonight? Doing well, Corey. Doing great. Happy to hear from you, buddy. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Um, high school playoffs are about to start. Uh, just looking forward to see how my team does. But um, let me ask you this. Uh, I know Deontay Lawson and uh, Jalen Key have not really practiced much this week. Do you think it's probably a good idea to save them for the Iron Bowl? I mean, I know you you don't take Kentucky lightly, but if they can't go, do you think it's best just to let them heal it for the Iron Bowl because that's really the next big game on schedule? I, I, I can see that, Corey. I can 100% see that. I know Saban said today they haven't practiced all week. He'll look to see what can they do tomorrow. But normally, if you don't practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then that's a good indicator that you may not be set to go Saturday. So if, if they don't go, then you know who's the backup for Deontay Lawson, and that's Jihad Campbell. If Key doesn't go, then here's what you do. You put Malachi Moore at free safety. You slide the versatile on Arnold to nickel. And you have Trey Amos play corner. And you go that way. So if neither Lawson or Key can go, I say yes. You do rest them up there for the Iron Bowl. Yes. Is there any concern with those two players out for Saturday from what Kentucky does from an offensive standpoint? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say any major concern because, uh, I mean, once again, Jihad Campbell, he can thump. He can stick his nose in there and make the tackle. Tennessee, Kentucky's more of that physical ground-and-pound type team. Yes, Devin Leary does offer you something there in the passing game, but Kentucky's more so physical. They want to run the football up front. So this is a game that plays right into what Tresman Marshall wants to do as a middle linebacker, Jihad Campbell, as the weak side guy next to him, and then you can rotate the likes of Kendrick Blackshire, and they're also in the secondary, though you may not have Jalen Key if he doesn't go, Malachi Moore at free safety gives you all that you need in terms of the leadership, the communication, the playmaking ability, all of that, the versatility of Terry on Arnold, he can play nickel, and then you got Trey Amos who can play corner. So you, would, you wouldn't lose anything if you didn't have Lawson and Key for this matchup. You know, I know this is an unfamiliar territory that we're going to because we don't go there very often, plus the start time. So you just, the only thing I guess I'm concerned about is just the preparation and focus going in because coming off a big win and and just you wonder how everything's going and just how they're going to come out early start, you know? I mean, right. I mean, after a big win over LSU, statement win, uh, 
big game. Everybody was in Tuscaloosa. Of course, you had the revenge factor after losing to LSU last year, providing more motivation. You don't want that letdown against a Kentucky team where you're going to Lexington. It's an 11 a.m. game. Not many people nationally are really taking Kentucky seriously, despite the fact that they are 6-3. and three. So I can understand that there. But my main thing is going to be, how does Alabama come out of a tunnel? If they come out of a tunnel as locked in as they were against LSU, then this team is going to be fine. Uh, the players have been talking about this week, not letting complacency get to them. But we'll see how they come out of a tunnel for pregame warm-ups against Kentucky. Yeah, I agree, because the last thing you need is uh, flirting with disaster. I mean, you're a much better team than Kentucky, and really there's no excuse because you don't have a a big opponent next week. I mean, so there's really nothing to look forward to the following week, and it's just how do you, like you say, come out of the game game starting. And I think if you can kind of build an early lead, It'll kind of it'll quiet the crowd, and uh, I think I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, Kentucky is very vulnerable against the run, and uh, that could be another good day for Jalen Milrow in the running backs. It, it, it can be, and I feel like I feel like Corey, th- this game uh, gives Jalen Milrow a chance to sharpen himself on those ten to fifteen yard throws to either boundary. Because that's, that's a big area of improvement for him. We know what he can do deep ball. We know what he can do running. But those 10 to 15-yard throws into, into the boundary, this game against Kentucky gives him a chance to clean that up. But appreciate Corey from Trustville calling in, getting us started here on a Wednesday. We're going to grab this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name. Where you calling from? What's going on, Steve? Elijah from Jersey. How you feeling, man? Doing great, Elijah, my man. It's been a while. How you been? Man, I've been hanging just watching a little football, you know, seeing how all this is going to play out. Yeah, man, you, you got the college football playoff rankings. You got some fans going, it'll solve itself. You got the other fans going, what in the world is going on? But, Elijah, I mean, how you feel about this? Man, I think it's going to be a dogfight, Steve, to get into these playoffs. And, and the reason why I say this, man, is, if you look at it, if Ohio State loses a close game to Michigan, what's the furthest they drop? To me, four or five. You know, you got the number one team in the country. They lose a close game to the number three team in the country. They ain't going to just drop them to eight or nine. You know what I mean? They're going to drop maybe four, five, the the, the, the lowest. Um, then you turn around, you have Georgia. You know, I, I really – Georgia could lose a game to uh, Ole Miss, which would be a great help. But if Georgia runs the table and they meet up with Alabama in the SEC championship and just say Georgia loses, does that push Georgia out of the top four? Do they drop to four? You got a, a, a Washington team sitting there undefeated that's probably going to run the table. Uh, they got Oregon State, but they're probably going to end up running the table, Steve, uh, until uh, – well, until they may, might have to play Oregon or somebody again. And to me, Steve, Florida State got the easiest road in. I'm telling you. So now, yeah, they got the easiest road in. So now when you when you look at it, look who's sitting at 5, 6, and 7, Steve. You got Washington right now. You got Oregon. And, and people can say what they want to say. 
Oregon is a very impressive team. They're very, very probably the most impressive one-loss team when, when, when you look at them. Um, you turn around, now you got Texas, and here comes this head-to-head thing. You know what I mean? So is Texas going to lose another game? Because if they don't lose another game, then you, you run into this argument of, hey, they beat Alabama head-to-head. What makes Texas jump over Alabama? Not only did they beat them head-to-head, they beat them by 14 in Alabama. So when you factor all that in and the committee starts looking at that, what makes Alabama jump over Texas? This is going to be the, the arguments that it comes down to. And then, of course, you got these conference championships games. Um, but, Steve, it, it's going to be a dogfight to get in these playoffs unless we get some, some upsets here. Georgia got to get knocked off. Now, if Georgia gets knocked off by Ole Miss, and they jump down to, let's just say, four, five, six, and then we come and beat them, of course we're going to jump in front of them. But you still got this Washington. You still got this Oregon. Now, Washington could beat Oregon again, but that's the conference championship game. That might throw them out. But you still got this Texas sitting here. And and that's going to be the bottleneck because it's not saying, oh, um, are we a better team than Texas? They played head-to-head. Texas beat you by 14 at home. Yo, the proof is in the pudding right there. The committee's going to look at not shoulda, coulda, woulda. They're going to look at what happened. So, to me, it's going to be a dogfight, Steve, to get in this playoff. I hope we could get in, but, you know, I'm not solely banking on it unless we could get some upsets in these next three weeks. Uh, only thing and Alabama could do is control their own destiny, win out, man. But uh, it's going to be a dogfight to get into these playoffs. Let me know how you feel about that. I mean, Elijah, great point by you. Appreciate Elijah from Jersey calling. Great point. It's going to be tough because the Pac-12, from top to bottom, for the first time in a long time, is a really good conference. It's a competitive conference. You got Washington sitting at five. You got Oregon at six. You hope Oregon State can knock both of them out. You really hope that. Or in the Pac-12 championship game that somebody loses. You look at Texas there at number seven. You would hope TCU can beat Texas. Maybe Iowa State. Or, you know, the Big 12 championship game, whoever plays Texas in that, that they can beat Texas. You need Texas to lose. A a lot's got to have to happen. Bama's got to win out. But Bama's going to also need some help from other teams to beat teams that are ahead of it in the rankings. But we take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name. And where you calling from? Hey, what's going on, brother? It's Anthony calling from Long Island. How you doing? Doing great, Anthony. Doing great. Better yet, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing great. Got no complaints. So I just got these a few points. I just want to run past you quick, uh, real quick. Um, see how you think of it. Give them. Give them. Give you uh, my look out uh, outlook on it, and and how, and then hear your outlook on it. So um, I know I can speak for everyone when I say I'm glad that this is the last year of the four-team playoff, because when you look at it and you really break it down, none of it makes any sense. And I say that because they sit there and put Penn State at 10, right? Because that validates Ohio State being at one. But then when you really look at it and go to Penn State's schedule, they really haven't beaten anybody. The only team that they did play was Ohio State, and they lost very bad. They didn't look very good. Now, they play Michigan. They could beat Michigan. They could get blown out. 
Um, so the whole thing about this committee is that they put teams in certain positions, in my opinion, to validate having the teams in the top four or, or five. Um, so what do you think about that? And I think that that's a good point there. That's a good point there. And sometimes, sometimes the committee talks about eye test and strength of schedule and strength of resume, and uh, it, they're not always consistent by what they're saying. Because they say, well, well this team passes because of the eye test. I just look at this team and they're good. Well, well this team has the better resume. Well, well this team uh, you know, played against four or five ranked teams, but every single week it's not as consistent as what we like for it to be coming from their evaluation. Exactly, because they say, no, they said they said Ohio State was there because of resume, but their two teams, the two wins were Penn State and Notre Dame. But Notre Dame is a three-loss team that beat who? I mean, USC. Everybody seems to be beating USC nowadays, and then the Penn State win. So if you look at that, the credible credibility is really not there. But my second thing I wanted to uh, uh, talk to you about was um, if we come out this and this, this and I. Uh, if we come out this week, I feel like this is this is uh, the do or die game because I say that because if we come out and we follow up our performance like we played against LSU, then that really means that Alabama turned the corner. But if we come out and we kind of struggle and we kind of play sluggish and this game creeps into the third, late fourth quarter, then it just shows the inconsistency that we've been having all year. So I, my personal opinion is I think if we play the exact same way, if Tommy Reese, which he's been kicking in the gear lately, continues to put these uh, players in uh, positions like Kendrick Law, um, getting Isaiah Bond the ball, and, and having these, these uh, swing passes to the running backs out of the backfield, then I don't see anybody that would be able to get in our way for the rest of the way, if we play that bully ball that we did against LSU and continue to have the creativity from Tommy Reese, what do you think about that? Anthony, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Here's my thing. If Alabama takes the second half against Tennessee and the second half against LSU and they play a full game against Kentucky, they take both of those halves and they play a full game against Kentucky – they put their foot on Kentucky's neck and don't take it off, that shows you, okay, this team has really done something. We've been waiting for first half, second half, full dominance. We get that against Kentucky, then we can say, okay, this team's found it now. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And this is the last point, and I'll, I'll get off and let, let the other callers get on, is um, – it seems that the committee seems to value style points because when they were mentioning Florida State and other teams, they mentioned how Florida State was scoring 40, but only in their defense was only giving up 17. I mean, of course they would be doing that because if you look at the schedule, they haven't played anybody. You know, they mentioned Oregon and both. Knicks having this many touchdowns, well, of course, they play California. So do you think it's necessary for us to run up the score 
for the remainder of the season against Kentucky. I think Chattanooga is next, if I'm not mistaken. And then in the Iron Bowl. Because if we get Georgia, see, because I just disagree a little bit with the last caller on the Georgia thing. I actually think he made great points, and he always does. I just actually think that we actually need Georgia to be undefeated and then beat them. Because there's no way, in my opinion, that if we beat the next three teams, look good doing it, and then we go into the SEC championship game, and, th- and Georgia would be on a, what, 30-game winning streak at that point? Longest yeah. in SEC history, beating art, and we knock them off. There's no way that I don't think that you can keep that team out of the playoff. Texas is looming. Yes, I get it. Um, but that's just my opinion. Because how would you then validate them beating either the number two or the number one team? Because I think that Georgia should be number one right now. And if they run through the schedule that they do, Tennessee, Ole Miss, then they should be number one. What do you feel about that? And um, I'll, I'll take your uh, answer off. I look, I, I look at it like this. I would, I would love to see Georgia in the SEC championship game undefeated, and that would be Alabama's chance to, to knock Georgia out of there. I look at, I look at Alabama in terms of style points. I'm not saying run up the score on everybody, though that'd be great if Coach Saban and this team does this. But I think in terms of style points, what the committee wants to see in terms of style points is at what point. Did you really take over this football game? Like at one point, can I sit there and I can stop and say, this team full on took over. If Alabama could have that these next three games or so, Kentucky, Chattanooga, Auburn, uh, you know, SEC championship game where they where you could just stop and go, okay, at this point right here, Bama just completely wiped the map with this team and did not take their foot off the gas. That's what the committee wants to see in terms of style points. They would appreciate Anthony there from Long Island calling in. We're going to go on this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name. Where you calling from? Anthony from Huntsville, Alabama. How we doing, man? Pretty good about yourself. Doing great, Anthony. I can't can't complain here. I know you've got some Alabama fans saying, guys, calm down. This whole college football playoff thing will take care of itself. You got other Alabama fans going, why in the world is Oregon ahead of us? Who have they played? It, it, it's a mess. That it is, man. I think this committee is lopsided. Uh, I guess one of my questions kind of goes in with the last caller. Uh, so we make it to the SEC championship, and let's say we don't run up the score and win big. I wonder if the committee would look at that and try to hold that against us if, like, we barely win. It 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 could be it could be interesting to see how they play that. I mean, for, for me, it's if Alabama, you know, manhandles Kentucky, Chattanooga, Auburn. That's going to already get kind of on the radar there. And if they go to Georgia, if they go against Georgia, and, and let's, say that, let's say that they don't beat Georgia by 14-plus. Let's say they beat Georgia by seven. Even if you beat Georgia by seven, uh, that's still a decisive win. Uh, you still should get in there. Yes. Well, that's what I think. But, you know, the committee hasn't shown – too much common sense. Uh, I guess my other question would be, and then I'll get off of here, is just uh, 
I think I would like to see Tommy Reese get more into the uh, tight end, start using our tight ends a lot more, drawing up more plays around that. I feel like that would help us a lot. I would like to see more of the tight ends getting love too, Anthony. I mean, we, we started off seeing Amari Nyblak do some things. He's got three touchdown catches on the year. Bama brings in a transfer and C.J. Dupree from Maryland. Uh, he'll have a catch every now and again, but he's tremendously talented. We'd like to see him utilize more. So, you know, hopefully in these next few games here, we can see more sugar being sprinkled to that position. That's what I'm hoping for. But anyways, I just want to call in, and uh, hopefully we can see more Jan Miller too. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Anthony from Huntsville calling and appreciate him. Jam Miller, good player. Good, good player. Did some good things. Had some good moments there in the matchup against LSU. But we grabbed this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feel? And state your name and where you calling from. What's going on, Steven? This is Coach Hood calling from Lakeland, Tennessee. Coach Hood, how we feeling? How we doing? Doing good, man. How you doing? Man, I, I can't complain. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. There's no reason to complain. I know we've got, you know, some fans that are saying, you know, don't worry about the rankings. The stuff will take care of itself. you got other fans looking at Oregon ahead of Bama and going, is the sky falling? But I, I'm just trying to do the fine wine of a balancing act. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got you, man. Um, well, uh, this, is, this is not necessarily about uh, the playoff uh, or anything like that. I'm going to – um, really quickly talk to you about some personnel concerns that I have. Um, you mentioned a few days ago uh, the name of a young man that I really, really would like to see more of, uh, and that's Jake Pope. Uh, right. I feel like uh, there's a lot of people. There's, there's, I mean, the fan base. I mean, there's a lot of people that want to see more of Jake Pope. So um, what I'm going to do is just ask you, uh, what, what are your assessments of him? Uh, I, I really don't want uh, to see a kid that talented as well as other kids on this roster uh, hit the portal uh, after the season, but he's one of the ones that I really honestly feel concerned about that's probably going to throw his name in there, and I really don't want to see him go because he reminds me of a young, kind of a, a wet-behind-the-ears, honey-badger-type kid. He's got a lot of flash to him, got a lot of energy and enthusiasm to him, very physical kid, uh, athletic, plays the ball well, man. I mean, I, I just think – you know, and I know we see him on special teams a little bit. I, I get that, but man, I, 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 when you when you when you make a secondary blitz call or something like that, man, third down, second down blitz call from the secondary. I mean, you can't tell me that Jake Pope isn't one of those kids that you could throw in there, and he would definitely be a headhunter coming off the edge as a, as a corner or even as one of those rabbit safety man, safeties, man. I mean, I. I just really, I really want to see more of him on the field. So uh, I'm going to hang up here uh, and uh, hear your thoughts on that, man. Thanks a lot. Coach Hood, appreciate that right there. Calling in from Tennessee, Jake Pope, big time athlete. Okay. We go back to the spring, uh, pop Jermaine Burton in the A-Day game. Big hit there. I watched him myself at Buford High School. The kid's a baller. Flat out. Baller. Now, for me, I look at it like this. I think Jalen Key's one and done. I think this would be his only year at Alabama with a transfer from UAB. You're, 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 I think Jalen Key's one and done. You lose Malachi after this year, Malachi Moore. You could potentially lose Kool-Aid and Terry on both this year. So that's four guys from your secondary that you're potentially losing to the draft after the season. So Jake Pope's got a shot. 
He hangs around. He's got a shot. You're losing potentially four guys. He, if he sticks around, he's got a shot to play this upcoming season or next season. He's got, he's got a real shot to be a, to be a factor. And I look at it like this, you know, and I, a lot of you have called in wondering, can Alabama get a bit more special at that free safety position? Jalen Key could, but there's other guys on the bench that can give you that more special. One of those guys just so happened to be Jake Pope. You also got Tony Mitchell who can give you some special. You got Brayson Hubbard from Mississippi that can give you some special. But I say this again, you could potentially lose four guys to the NFL draft after the season. If I'm Jake Pope, stick around, hang on. Because depending upon the four that leave, the potential of a draft, your spot's coming. Your spot's coming. It's coming pretty quick. But we take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name. And where you calling from? Hey, man, this is Mike from Kentucky. What's up, Steven? Doing good, Mike. Doing good, man. How you feeling? Hey, man, if I was any better, I'd be twins, bro. All right, here we go. Big week. You got Bama, Kentucky. Bama coming to Lexington. Uh, How you feeling about this one? Well, Kentucky's Kentucky's a better. They're a really good collection of three, three star athletes. I don't think the game's going to be, you know, no walkover. I mean, I think it'll be close for the first half, but by the fourth quarter, they'll fold up. I say we beat them by about seventeen points. They're going to be rocking in Lexington, bro. I mean, you I'm know, say, Bama, I'm, I'm, Bama's I'm, I'm, I'm everybody's Super Bowl. I'm going to say this. It, it, it's, it's the place where horse races run wild, but when Bama comes to your city, everybody treats this like the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's their Super Bowl. But, uh, I mean, that went, they ain't beat us since Hal Mummy. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been a minute. And that's been a long time. We're we're talking 1980s, 90s? Yeah, it's been a minute. You know who their offensive coordinator was that year? Go ahead and tell me. You Mike. remember? Mike Leach. Show was. Mississippi State. Show yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a minute. I, I kind of understand why they kind of beat us that year because he, they could dial up some offense, man. That was Mike Leach behind the pulling the strings on the o, OC. But oh, man, let's talk about Bama. Oh, cra- oh, oh, oh crazy pirate right there. But I, I look at this game, Mike. I look at this game. Uh, this game could be huge for, really huge for the offensive line. These running backs, Jalen Milrow's legs. Uh, but I feel like this is also a game where Milrow and those ten uh, to fifteen yard passes to the boundary, he can really come up in this game throwing those. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, I'll tell you, I think they've been making Milrow throw the ball. They knew he could run. That's God-given. They know he can outrun a dead gum deer. I think they've said, look, son, you're going to have to get better at your passing game. And I think they've been dealing with the growing pains. But now he's a, you know, 230, 40-yard-a-game thrower. And now they're ready to turn him loose with his legs. I I really don't see us losing another game this year. I'm just concerned a little bit about this playoff committee because, man, I just hope Oklahoma beats Texas again because we ain't getting by them if they went out. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. We lost the yeah. head-to-head. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. not getting by them. You know, I mean, 
case closed. We're not getting by them unless they lose. I think Oklahoma jump up and beat them again. I think we can maybe get in. And, you know, the, the Pac-12's never had a team in the playoffs. So if, if Oregon turns around and beats Washington, they're probably going to put them in ahead of us, man, just for that reason. I mean, it don't matter. I mean, that, they're, they're not going by strength of schedule because what's Bama got the eighth toughest schedule in the country? Yeah, you know, toughest schedule. Count for something. It's, well, I know we're up there in the, in the top ten toughest co- conference schedules. I mean, I mean, it's it, it's 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 crazy. I mean, the last time uh, the Pac-12 was in the playoff, I think that was 2016, uh, and that was the year they put Washington in with Jake Browning. Uh, and, and, yeah, and and, yeah. And, and 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 Jake Browning got abused by that Alabama defense. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that who was that? Derrick Henry that just run all over him. That was Bo Scarborough. Bo Scarborough, okay. Bo, my bad. Oh, he's going to be mad when he hears that. Yeah, Bo. <laughs> Tell yeah, him Bo, I'm sorry. Bo, Bo, Bo ran all over him, and our Bama's defense, Tim Williams, Ryan Anderson, just had Jake Browning scared to death. The final score was like 24-7. to 7. <laughs> Yeah. But I, I just hope Texas gets beat by Oklahoma again. I don't – and Florida State is looking like they're going to win out. Michigan's probably going to win out. It's going to be tough. Uh, I got. I tell you what. The one thing I hope is I hope that Ole Miss don't jump up and get Georgia. I mean, Ole Miss has got a shot against Georgia. They do. They're third. They're third in the country on explosive plays. They've had like sixty-nine plays of over twenty yards. If they get an early lead on Georgia, they got a pretty good pass rush. Man, their D lines. They got a good pass rush too. They they can give a. What's his name? Beckman or something. Yeah, Carson Georgia. Beck, yeah. Carson Carson Beck, yeah. They can give him if they can put pressure on him and get an early lead, man, I we slammed the door on their face in the West. They could kill our getting in the playoffs if they fool around upset Georgia. I think they got about a half a shot at it myself. I got a bad feeling about that game. Gonna be something interesting right there. Yeah. I mean that would just that that'd slam the door in our face. Georgia fool around lose to Ole Miss. Hey man, did you hear about Jaden Daniels? Heard, heard, heard about heard about Jaden Daniels. Now, now is he okay? Yeah, he's okay, but his kids are going to be born dizzy. <laughs> yeah, because he got rocked by Dallas Turner. <laughs> he got man. rocked by Dallas Turner. Man, you, you know the first thing, the first thought that went into my mind after that hit, Reuben Foster. I said, "That's I, the way I, Reuben I, used to I do it." Promise baby. you. Dallas rocked that dude's world. Like, what was crazy was, uh, so the, the, the prelude to that was uh, Justin the Boyd B and Deontay Lawson, they both kind of tag-teamed to blow Jaden Daniels up the first time, but that wasn't good enough. The, Dallas Turner said, I'm done watching this dude run on us. Dallas just lit his cookies on fire. <laughs> yeah, they need to put a skull and crossbones on uh, Dallas Turner's helmet. Just so quarterbacks don't know who's coming. <laughs> I mean, I mean, night, night, Irene. That was I was crazy. Yeah, I'll tell you. Well, look, man, I'm gonna get off, Stephen. Uh, have a good one. Hey, man, I went to the woods again the other night. A Sasquatch saw me, bro, but he didn't tell nobody. Nobody would have believed me. <laughs> hey, Mike, do your thing, <laughs> man. 
do your thing. Roll that gun tied, y'all. Absolutely. We, we, we got we talk Babble football. We're talking Sasquatch. We're talking National Geographic. We're even talking the uh, big hits there from Dallas Turner, of whom yeah, Dallas Turner completely laid out Jaden Daniels. I'm, I'm happy Jaden's okay. I'm happy Jaden Daniels is okay. Because that's one heck of a football player. And even though LSU lost, I still think Jaden Daniels should get an invite to New York for the Heisman Trophy. I mean, absolutely, he should get an invite to New York. No no question. Cool call topic right here, folks. And this is Malachi Moore, Kevin Steele, of the defensive guys for Alabama. So Malachi Moore was directed the question Tuesday, well, Monday, during player interviews about how the second half adjustments and what's gone into Alabama having success with those. And he talked about how being able to regroup because uh, this defense is getting different looks every week and you're having to match these different looks every week to the best that you can. Play physical, play aggressive, read your keys, be on the same page. But the main ingredient, according to Malachi's being, just having that constant communication. Getting the signals called in, but having that constant communication across the board to make sure that everybody knows what they're doing that you can play lights out football. Second half adjustments have been big here for your Crimson Tide. Kudos to Malachi Moore and your defensive coordinator, Kevin Steele. But we take a break right here, folks. When we get back, fun conversation. Ever since since the LSU game, Jalen Milrow's name has been tossed to Heisman conversations. He may not have the biggest odds to win right now, But does he have the potential to possibly get invited to New York? We'll talk about it after this. What's up, Bama Nation? This is Rudy Griffin, former Alabama defensive lineman. And you're listening to my guy, Stephen M. Smith, in my own words, brought to you by Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Roll! Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. All right, folks, we're back in rocking and rolling to the action from the break on a Wednesday hump day. Hottest show in the streets, talking your Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith here of TDA. Got my man Eli Walker in the production studio. We got oh, we got 172 people in the chat, but only 56 likes. Hit the like button. Smash the like button. Give us that thumbs up right there. Like the show. Make this your spot for all things Bama football also. For those of you in the call-in queue, hold on for the next 10 minutes or call back for the next 10 minutes. We definitely want to get your phone calls, want to hear your thoughts here on the show. But topic two of the conversation here, Eli, Jalen Milrow, sophomore quarterback for Alabama, has gotten better and better each week. This was the long shot in the preseason to win 
the starting quarterback job for Alabama. I believe his betting odds, according to Vegas, was plus 300 to win the job. Now, nine games after the fact, he's got Alabama in the driver's seat to win the SEC West. Bama beats Kentucky Saturday and wins the SEC West. So what a job by Milrow. He's made tremendous strides. He's made tremendous growth. And after the win over LSU, where he goes for four rushing touchdowns, most by any Alabama quarterback in a single game, where he goes for 219 passing yards, 155 rushing yards, helping Alabama to a 42-28 win. You're now seeing people talk Milrow for the Heisman Trophy. His name is starting to get involved in that conversation. Now, I know what a lot of you Bama fans are thinking. No, 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 no. Don't put him in there. Don't put him in the Heisman. He's doing good. He's doing fine. Don't put that rat poison out there on Milrow. We want to have this man focused on the main thing, and that is uh, win out, get to the SEC championship, win that game, uh, pray the committee put us in the playoff, and then go for a national championship. Let's not have Jalen Milrow in any of this Heisman hoopla, any of this Heisman talk, not have that happen. A lot of you, the Alabama Nation, probably have pumping through your bloodstream right now. But the national people, since the win over LSU, and because of the way Milrow played, They've got him into the Heisman conversation. Now, he does not have the best odds to win right now, according to multiple betting sites, whether you're looking at Caesar Sportsbook or BetMGM or DraftKings or whatever your favorite sports betting prowess is. They do not have him as having the highest odds. There are several people ahead of Muro. Bo Nix is ahead of him. Michael Penix Jr. of Washington is ahead of him. King of Williams is ahead of him. Several names are ahead of Jalen Milrow. He's got like the 12th highest odds to get in or to you know, win the Heisman. But at the very least, if he continues to play the way he's playing and if he turns up his passing numbers even more, He's got 13 touchdown passes this year, 22 total scores. But if he turns it up more in the passing game, especially in these next three regular season games against Kentucky, Chattanooga, and Auburn, then there is a potential shot for him to possibly get to New York. I'm not saying win the Heisman. I'm just saying possibly get to New York, at least to sit in on the presentation, right? There's a shot there for him. If he turns it up in the passing game these next few weeks and in the SEC championship game, there is a shot that he can get to New York. Because, Eli, you and I both know one of the main things Heisman voters love, aside from stats, is a storyline. Boy, the Heisman committee, they're a sucker for a good story. They really are. They are a sucker for a good, good storyline. And who's got a better storyline than Jalen Milrow right now? I mean, had the longest shot, the longest odds to win the starting job. 
gets benched for Tyler Buckner. Everybody in their great-grandmama saying he, Bill Rowe shouldn't be the quarterback. Benny wins the starting job back and has gone on an absolute tear. He's taken an Alabama team, but after losing to Texas, everybody said they were dead in the water. There's no way they could climb them, themselves back out of this. And now Jalen Milrose got them right there in the driver's seat to win an SEC championship and possibly get in the playoff. I mean, what, what better storyline could you have there? I mean, Picasso couldn't paint a better picture. Michelangelo, I mean, the best film developer couldn't put together a better movie script than this. They really couldn't. I mean, you might as well just call ESPN's 30 for 30 and have them down here. I'm just saying the Heisman, they, they love storylines. Boy, do they love it. And I'm just saying, Jalen Milrow continues to play the way he's playing. Turn it up a bit more in the passing game. At least an invite to New York is in the works. Like I said, he's got other names ahead of him as far as players in CAA college football. There are other names ahead of him. Michael Penix Jr. is ahead of him as far as college football for the Heisman. Kang of Williams is ahead of him. Bo Nix ahead of him. Other names out there ahead of him. In this situation, he's got the 12th highest odds according to, to betting sites out there. But the LSU game has put Jalen in talks for this. Think about this, folks. After the LSU game, Jalen gets recognized SEC Offensive Player of the Week. He gets recognized Maxwell Player of the Week. He gets recognized Davey O'Brien National Quarterback of the Week. He gets recognized Manning Stars of the Week. He makes a Davey O'Brien great eight list. I mean, it was several stuff coming to Milrow. After this one game. <laughs> one game. So, saying, continues to ball. Invite to New York. Not out of the realm of possibility. We take it on the break here, folks. Don't touch that dial when we get back. We return to the phone lines. We're grabbing your calls, your thoughts, your conversations. People, light us up. We want to hear from you. We want to get what's on your mind right after this. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. This is Chris Rogers, 2009 National Champion. You are listening to the baddest, when I say the baddest, sports show in the state of Alabama. In my own words, you know, yours truly, Touchdown Alabama Magazine, don't touch that dial. 
Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. All right, people, we're back rocking and rolling to the action from the break. Number one ticket for Bama football news in my own words. Yours truly, Stephen Smith of TDA. Gotta show some love to EB, Eric Beasley, with the $10 donation. Dropping the love in there. Daily Super Chat Go, $100 daily. Super chat going 100 bucks right there. We appreciate you guys. We're going to go to the phone lines to grab your calls. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. Number to call in. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Steve, what's up with you, man? This is Jay. Jay, Jay, Jay. What's happening, man? I'm good, but what's, what about you? I'm chilling, man. I'm still on this tone we need to set up there in old Kentucky, man. We need to beat the crap out of them folks, man. Yeah. And put, put, a, yeah. Little, uh, put a little respect on our name and a little feel back in people's hearts. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how y'all feel, but I I, I want to see uh, uh, Kendrick Blackside come through an old, uh, and smack old Ray Davis one time. Put him on his ass. I want to see somebody get hit. Now, we talk about this defense and all that. You still gave up 28 points, man. And you gave up some plays that was like, ah, Lee, man, you got all these elite athletes on the field, and you letting them do that. So so this game, this playing into your hands, man, Steve, I, I need, we need a shutout. We need to beat – I'm talking about beat the crap out of these folks and make it mercifulness or whatever the word is. Beat them till they can't. I mean, oh, am I asking for too much, Steve? Think you are, Jay? I don't think you are. This this, this, de- this defense needs to put a shot out on the board. I, I do not think Jay, you asking for too much. I mean, you're going up against a Kentucky team that they they good and everything, they decent and everything, but this is an Alabama team that should be more than capable of pitching a shutout. Man, more than capable. I'm talking about every offensive other than the last two or three. Other game when you up by a million. Every possession we should score, man. Uh, uh, Florida and Georgia did the same little power run play that I know we capable with the 500-pound lineman that we got. You see what I'm saying? If they can do it, we can do it. Man, we need to run the ball down these folks. So I'm talking about running down their throat. Not with Miro, man. We got 17 running backs, man. We need to see these folks. And, and you need to kind of say – uh, uh, Miro, all them hits and all, all, all them runs you got. I, I'm still on. We need to say say some of that for Georgia. You know what I'm saying? It looked good because we needed it. But we still need to see the ball being able to be ran by the running backs. You know what I'm saying? But, man, I, I like y'all, man. Roll time. Appreciate Jay Wait, calling in. Appreciate like- Jay. Appreciate Jay that calling in from from Smithfield there, giving us his thoughts, his passion here on the show. I mean, you, you got a Kentucky team that they're good. I mean, Mike Mark Stoops traditionally has a solid football team, but this is a game where Alabama can put its most complete effort we've seen 
right after aside from LSU, it's it's most complete effort we've seen out here in the field. But we're gonna grab this call. You're live on the show. What's up and how we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. What's going on, Steven? It's Chad from Miami. Chad, what's going on? Doing good, but how about you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I just want to head off on a few topics real quick. That's cool with you. I'm fine with it, man. Let's go. Yeah, so you remember I called them last week. I told you um, uh, them Bama boys, man, after the game, I wanted them, I wanted the LSU players call, calling the cops on them for assault. And that um, um, uh, that hit that took um, Jaden Daniels out, I mean, I didn't agree with him, like, doing all, going, going crazy whatever, but they should have started doing that in the first half. They should have attacked him right, right out of the gate. But I understand, like, Jaden Daniels, he, he, he's a slippery quarterback, but we, we got the job done. And we should have won by actually um, um, 20 points, you know, on the, our field goal kicker missed two field goals. So, you know what, you, you know what Chad, I, 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 say, I said this on Monday's show, Chad, that was not Riker. I, I refused to believe that was him. That was Andy Papanastas in a Will Reichert suit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he the, the, you know, the, um, the, um, the announcers actually called it like, oh, he's made 20-something straight field goals, and right after that he goes ahead and misses that. I'm like, damn, he, these freaking announcers are jinxing us, man. <laughs> I, 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 that, that, and I, I have never liked when they do that. When they sit there and they go, well, Bill, uh, Jimmy has, has made 50 consecutive kicks. He hasn't missed a kick since 2002. And then Jimmy go out there and miss about three kicks in a row. And I'm like, why did you have to bring it up? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, my second topic is um, uh, I feel Merrill being considered for the Heisman, but I think it's a little bit too late since it's his first year in the offense and him, getting, him and Tommy Reese getting comfortable with each other. Um, I know it's probably going to be Penix or Jaden Daniels, but I think Melrose has a better shot next year since both those guys are going to be going to the NFL, and uh, Melrose is going to be um, in, the, in the offense for his second year and probably still be the starter. Um, uh, in terms of the other schools ranked ahead of us in the CFP, um, I think Alabama and Ohio State both have the easiest schedule left um, in terms of regular season games. All the other teams um, that are ranked ahead of us either have to play each other or have trap games in their conference or whatever. So Ohio State, I think the only other tough game we have to play is Michigan, and the only other tough game we have to play is Auburn. That's it. But all the other teams, um, I know Texas has to play, like Texas Tech, so on and so forth. Um, Washington and Oregon have to play a few trap games in their conferences. Um, and then um, uh, well, Georgia still has to play um, LS, um, LS, uh, LSU, I believe, in tennis. No LSU and um 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 uh Ole Miss and um um uh I, I like I said I still think um uh Florida State is a pretender they, they still have to play UM and they also have to play um 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 UF so I think they might get beat because they haven't really run, ran away with any games this year they they pretty much most of them have been shootouts and I believe they might lose one of those games so that'll be a better bet for us and then on top of that um if we finish out the rest of the season um um uh. Um, we're probably going to make the playoffs, man, if we beat Georgia. Um, um, uh, I believe it's going to be one team from the SEC, one team from the Big Ten, because Michigan hasn't really played anybody this year, and they're they're up, they're going to be playing against Ohio State. So one team from the Big Ten, um, probably going to be the last two spots are going to be a battle between um the Pac-10, uh, the Big Twelve, and the um, ACC. And then on um, my last point is um, uh, we should definitely get up on Kentucky in this game and let the let let, let some of the um uh, freshmen and sophomores get in the game. 
um, and also against Chattanooga because, um, like you were saying, um, a lot of our guys, especially on defense, are going to be our seniors or fifth-year seniors are gonna, or, gonna, or juniors eligible for the NFL draft, and they um, um, aren't going to be here next year. So we need to get some guys in to get, get them some experience here. Our entire right side of our offensive line, C.J. Dupree, they're all going, all going to be graduating or going to the NFL draft, so Jermaine Burton. Um, I believe two guys in our defensive rotation are, are fifth-year seniors. Um, um, uh, Braswell, he's a senior. He's gone. Um, uh, um, uh, uh, Dallas Turner, he's gone. He's going to be a top-10, top-15 pick. So is Kool-Aid. Um, Terion is eligible for the draft. So is um, um, Lawson. But I believe um, Lawson's going to come back. Terion might stay. He might go. But um, um, Amos and, um, um, uh, and um, the other corner we brought in, and um, 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 uh, a few other guys in rotation, they're all going to be gone. So we need to start getting guys in to get them some playing time in these very two games that are coming up because we don't want them to transfer. And then we also want them to have a little bit of experience because I think we're going to be lacking experience next year. And I believe Saban might try to bring in some more transfers again next year um, to help out our secondary, along with uh, a lot of the freshmen and sophomores that, that are going to be coming back for next season. All right, from Miami, appreciate him calling in on a Wednesday giving us his thoughts here on the show. We take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name. And where you calling from? Hey, my boy. How you doing this, G-Man? G-Man doing good, man. Doing good. I mean, you got you got half of the fans, G, going, you know, the, this whole playoff thing will solve itself. You got the other half of the fan base going, why in the world is Oregon ahead of Alabama? It, it, it's a mess, but – Coach Saban's like, we're taking this one thing at a time. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to ask you something. I'm going to ask you something now. We we are the Bama fans, so, of course, we're going to say uh, we are deserving. And, <clears throat> like I say, the committee, is some, the committee is some BS, right? But they're, at least they're consistent. Um and it don't mean it's good, but it, you know what you're really dealing with. For the past three seasons, the committee has not been on Bama's side. Um, it just hasn't. Maybe it's Bama fatigue, or maybe they want to see somebody else do it. Like you said earlier, they love Cinderella stories. Nothing sells better than the Cinderella, right? So, like I said, they got BS, but they're consistent. But I want to look at what we have done to place ourselves in this situation. Um, I'm going to place, I'm going to place 50% on Saban. I'm going to place 50% on the players. We were still slapping the first four games. These other seven teams ahead of us weren't. Um, we are like sort of late to the party of being deserving. Um, what game you could say we started taking off old miss, right? Yeah. And, he, and, and even that okay, was the so, second half. Okay, so second half. So second half of Ole Miss to now, we're kind of late to the party of being of the deserving fellas, right? But I got, I, I guess I'm gonna put fifty percent on fifty percent on saving because the unit we put out week two is not the same unit we're putting out now. Um, you know, I call. You know, I wasn't even gonna call tonight. I was just gonna sit and listen and let some other people get some starlight time. But then you had another great mind call up here and say, I'm waiting on Jake Pope. And I said, oh, I'm going to call because I told Steve. Steve, I said it from the beginning. 
of the season in the fall bit, dog. What I say? I said, my only thing with this team is who will save and play. And what I say back then, I hope it doesn't bite us before he plays who he plays. So to me, not having Jaden Roberts out there in Texas cost us because he's the playmaker on the O-line. And why was he third string? So are we deserving? We don't even play the right players at Alabama. Let's just be honest. I don't think these other teams have Jaden Roberts third string. So, like I said, we we can say what other people are doing to us, but why were we so sloppy? Why were we giving up interior pass rush? We can all see now that Malachi Moore should be a safety. We can all see now that Terry Arnold should be the nickel and Trey Amos should be the corner. You know who else been seeing that the whole fall? Coaches. So, I, I, I want us to get there. But if we're honest with ourselves, Saban ain't really put out the best product to the past two, three weeks, and he's been knowing the best product. If I have never been to Tuscaloosa a day in my life, and I said, hey, we need to put Jenny Roberts out there, they, they knew it too. So are we really the most deserving this go-around? I know we've turned it on late, but for the first five games, I don't think we're cleaner than those other teams. You know, we were still penalty-heavy the first five games. It was, all sides, the O was sloppy. Saban went with a I'm going to teach you a lesson moment and kept us from whooping the shit out of USF, and that kind of cost us as well. You know, that was an ugly game. That so was very ugly. I know that, that was very team. ugly. So, like I say, you can say, you know, you know, the other people have done stuff to us, but we have done stuff to us too, Steve. So, appreciate you, big dog. Appreciate G from Raleigh calling in there. I mean uh, – Alabama was not what it needed to be those first four to five games of the season. So, yes, it has come late to the party. The main thing is now. So, we're focused on now. The main thing is now. Can it take, when it's done, the second half against Tennessee, the second half against LSU, apply that to a full game against Kentucky and moving forward, and on top of that, get some help as well. We take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feel? And state your name. And where you calling from? Hey, You're live on the show, Keith. caller. Hey, this is Keith from T Town, Alabama. What's going? How we feeling, man? Hey, man, I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. Everything is good. I just want to know, like, hey, man. People need to stop complaining and, and enjoy what we got going on right now. You know what I'm saying? Because this is, this is the best we done played in a while. And and everybody you mentioned, the young players, the big players, that's what we, that's what we need. And, and, and the players that are not getting a chance, their chance coming. Be patient. Next time, next year we'll be talking about you. Uh, next week we'll be talking about you. What you think about that, Steve? I mean, there, there's a point there. You, you got to have patience. If you are a young player, your time is going to come. And, uh, and as opposed to how Alabama looked last season, even the season before that, this has been one of the better ones despite the loss to Texas. I look at this team, and I kind of compare it at times to that 2015 team with Derrick Henry and Calvin Ridley. 
That 2015 team started off slow. Had a loss to LSU, had a loss to Ole Miss early. You didn't really know who the quarterback was going to be. Jacob Coker kind of took it late. Derrick Henry kind of put the team on his shoulders. You found a way to win a championship with that. And here's this team. You took a loss to Texas week two. Jalen Milrose finally putting it all together, so to speak. Tommy Reese has found something. So this team is starting to take off. Yeah, they're, they're taking off fine. They're, they're, I mean, let's just, let's just take our time. I mean, stop criticizing these young, these young men. And these men not is built like, you know, my age or stuff, you know, take criticism. And they might just give up before time. So let's just chill and just let everything ride like it ride. What you think, big man? Well, Keaton, man, I, I, I've, I've been enjoying this season. I will continue to enjoy the season. Looking forward to Saturday when Bama, when Bama takes on Kentucky. But I uh, appreciate Keaton there calling in uh, from Tuscaloosa, giving us his thoughts there. We take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from? Hey, how you doing today, Steven? This is Rambo calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Rambo, I'm doing well, man. I saw the uh, rankings last night. Bama staying put at eight, but I, I feel like it. I feel like it'll all solve itself. I really just like I'm really questioning the way like they really comparing old Bama teams compared to the Bama team now. When you look at the teams ahead of Alabama, one through eight, this would be a great year to start the twelve playoff committee. But I really feel like a lot of these committee people, they are sitting here comparing Bama to old Bama teams. I feel like if Bama standard wasn't so high, I feel like we'd be ranked higher. And then they still doing this thing with uh, Texas beating Alabama. But it's confusing me because last year Bama got left out. And we were uh, not last year. That Was, was that last year when Kansas uh, State – uh, got ahead of us. Uh, one of the teams got ahead of us. That was uh, no, that was that was last year. Yeah, see, that was that was confusing me because every time it's like Alabama getting in this discussion with who should be there, but I feel like the way they're doing it is wrong. I feel like if your team is ascending and your team has gotten better since previous weeks, I feel like you should be ranked higher. I just feel like that. I don't feel – I'm not feeling the way that they're doing it, like with the eye test with some teams. There's some teams, oh, because they undefeated, oh, you want to do a head-to-head with this, oh, you want to see how this thing looks. But also, I feel like with some of them, just like Bo Nix, I feel like they should put that into consideration too. You've been at Auburn and you didn't, get do, you didn't do nothing. You got smacked by Georgia and Oregon. I feel like teams like that, just because you transfer and stuff like that, I feel like you should take that into consideration too. Good point. A good point though on your on your end, then Rambo. I mean, I, I look at this. I, I think of it like this. I know the biggest argument a lot of people are having right now is uh, Oregon. Oregon's beaten one ranked team this year. They've beaten one. Alabama's beaten three. And I remember early in the season, uh, Oregon looked very rough against Texas Tech. And but for some reason, uh, they're ranked sixth. However, Alabama had the number five toughest schedule in the country. Yes, the loss to Texas at home, it shouldn't have happened. 
It happened though anyway. Since then, we've seen a Bama team that's looked completely different from that week two loss. I mean, it's tough, but, but at the same time, I, I look at it like this. Bama wins out. These other teams, they still got to play. Other teams in their conference are tough. You got their conference championship games. Uh, they've got some trap games in there. I feel like this will all kind of take care of itself. Right, and my last thing is, I feel like if Bama would have just went ahead and rolled out with Milrose, it would have sped up his growth and where he is now. We wouldn't be having this quarterback debate. You wouldn't have players looking over their shoulders. And just like the last caller was saying about certain players not playing, why is Jaden Roberts third string? I feel like that also. And I feel like Jihad Campbell should have been the starter because Tresman Marshall, he's done after this year. So with Alabama, if you look at who we got coming back next year, I really feel like next year we're going to win the championship. We got the quarterback coming back. We got Bond and the wide receivers coming back and the O-line. And we got the duo linebacker pairing coming back. I feel like when you got the quarterback and two of your linebackers coming back plus Caleb Downs, I feel like that right there is very beneficial to your defense. And when you still got your quarterback there. So I just was looking at uh, next year and looking at who all coming back. Absolutely, Rambo. You're looking at definitely having definitely having you know, possibly Lawson being back with Campbell, uh, Jalen Milrow coming back. A lot of good stuff to happen around Alabama next season. But right now this team trying to get to – a conference championship in the playoff for this year. Appreciate Ramble from Atlanta there calling in. We got a few super chats to get to. So let's go, Eli. We start off with Siobhan Pompey. Siobhan Pompey, that $10 donation, dropping the love in there. And then we got BT Trust. Let's go. BT Trust with the $20 donation in there. And then we got Minister RC, not RC Cola, but Minister RC with that 9.99 in the super chats as well. Appreciate all of you showing love, dropping the donations in right there or right here, making this short show for all things tied football. But another uh, interesting call topic here. But look at Kendrick Law. Alabama wide receiver, a unique talent, young man that's starting to uh, get more of a role, get more playing time in this offense. Tennessee, we saw him get extensive work, him being put in motion, catching pot passes, jet sweeps, that type of thing. Nick Saban mentioned after the Tennessee game, we got to come up with a, with a bigger role for Kendrick Law. It happened against LSU. This man was used everywhere against the Tigers. He was flanking Jalen Milrow in the backfield. You had him. Jet sweep, misdirection, pop passes, different plays. He almost took a kickoff return back for a touchdown. This kid's special. Kendrick Law is Debo Samuel, Tyree Kill. He's got a lot of that in it. Like Kendrick Law's got a lot of that in him. And to get more of that out of him, Bama's got to play this young man more. He, he, he's got a very lethal skill set. 
we got to see more of. And I was happy to see it more against MSU. We go to our final break right here, folks. Don't touch that down when we get back. We're getting to the injury updates here on Deontay Lawson and Jalen Key. Will they play against Kentucky? Will they rest against Kentucky? Saban provided an update in tonight's presser. We'll wrap things up with that after this. I'm Malachi Moore, and you're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith on Touchdown Alabama's YouTube channel. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. What's going on? This is Benny Bice. I'm the founder and owner of Touchdown Alabama. And you guys are supporting one of the only independent outlets covering Alabama football today. No other sports, no networks, just Alabama football. Roll tie roll. All right, folks, we're back cooking it with you. And the action from the break, how to show in the streets, we're talking Bama. Football news in my own words, George truly, Stephen Smith of TDA. Look, we appreciate all of you. All of the phone calls, the donations, the chatting, the conversations. It's been awesome. It's been fun here on a Wednesday. Gotta show some love to the Sage. The Sage with that $10 donation. Putting that in right there. Appreciate my man Eli Walker in the production studio on this evening. Final topic of conversation here, Eli, goes to the injury front. Coach Saban, Wednesday, presser, spoke on Deontay Lawson, redshirt sophomore linebacker, Jalen Key, transfer safety from UAB. Both guys got a little uh, nicked up there against LSU. Uh, D-Law with an ankle, Jalen Key with the quad, uh, Saban listed both guys as questionable for this matchup here against Kentucky. Uh, neither guy has practiced at all this week. Dean Law hasn't practiced at all this week. Jalen Key hasn't practiced at all this week. They're still listed as day-to-day. Saban still has both guys as questionable. And uh, he says that, you know, tomorrow will be the day. Will these guys be able to practice tomorrow? If they're able to go Thursday and do quite a bit Thursday, it'll go a long way into into them possibly playing Saturday. If they're not able to do much of anything tomorrow, then um, Saturday we could be looking at Jahad Campbell replacing Deontay Lawson, and we could be looking at a domino effect here to replace Jalen Key. A domino effect is... Malachi Moore goes to free safety. Terion Arnold goes to star. Trey Amos goes to corner. That's the domino effect we could be 100% looking at. But that's just news there. Probably going to have to get some information myself on tomorrow, Eli, to see if Dean Law and Jalen Key practice quite a bit, if they practice quite a bit here on Thursday. But that's just the news there from 
Coach Saban lost in the key. Have not done much at all this week. So tomorrow, we'll have to see. They do much, see them out there Saturday. If they don't, we know who their replacements are going to be. But as always, Bama Nation, you want the best news, notes, information, coverage on your favorite program, that being the Crimson Tide. You can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama magazine app. You download the app from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you got the Android phone for your audio needs. Check us out iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, Overcast.fm, or iHeartRadio. We got you covered right there. It's good and gracious, Lord. Sees fit. I'll try to be back on Friday. Continuing the conversation that is Bama football. Eli, are you kidding me? We got some super chats to end the show. We got big money, Pat St. Jack. We got big money. So here we go. Money, 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 money. Money. So we're going to end this by doing this this way. We got Dale B with the $20 donation around the south of Dale B. We got Anthony the Pimp Man Lang with $100. Benjamin Franklin has made an appearance in the Super Chat. Oh, my gosh. Anthony Lang, 100 bucks right there. And then we got Eddie Rhodes with the $20 donation. Helping us out right there. That Super Chat goal was made. There it is. $100, daily super chat go. You can put the hay in the barn now. There it is. Eli, I promise you. It's like, Eli, when you're producing the show, something happened. I, I don't know if it's the body armor you be drinking. I, did you get a different haircut, Eli? I, I mean, when, when you in here, the money just, I, I, I don't know. You know what? I, I, I don't, I'm not even going to ask. I'm not even going to ask, Eli. Whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. There's no reason for me to mess with what you doing. Because whatever you doing, like, you, you be bringing the money in here some, some type of way. But uh, appreciate all of you guys helping us out here with the show. Showing the love here. Shouting out all of you, the Bama fans, for the calls, for donations, the conversations. You making this show your spot here for Tide Football. Gotta show some love to my man, Egon Walk, in the production studio right there. Until next time, folks, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate, value those husbands, children. Continue doing the right thing, fun thing, smart thing, good thing, legitimate thing to not be bored. There you get yourself those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. You protect yourself. You protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, I'm your man, Stephen Smith, and you've been listening. In my own words.